Jeez, Dad, not the car again. Oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Hindsight's 2020. Hindsight's 2020, baby. When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's Vieira! Absolutely fantastic! Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal! It is just what Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang does. Gabriel Martinelli has equalised for the Gunners! Welcome back to the Well that was fucking dreadful podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and my very good friend Bradley Adams. My one word summary of this is that doesn't make sense. My one sentence summary of this is when a team misses Granite Xhaka and David Luiz, you know we're in trouble. I have a one-word summary for it. Go on. Apathetic. Turgid. And I'll give you the dictionary definition. Oh, please do, Brad. Showing or feeling no interest, enthusiasm or concern. For example, an apathetic electorate. Like the person who cut Stuart Atwell's hair. Presumably. Oh, mate. That is a lockdown <laughs> special if I've ever seen one. That is a lockdown special. Also, Alison with the moustache, Alba with the Travis Scott. I mean, clearly people have just been bored over the international break. And... Doing whatever. <laughs> right, Brad. Um, unfortunately, we have to talk about the game. Do we? <laughs> we, could just, we could just make up puns. We could just make up words. All day, who knows? Yeah. Uh, Arsenal zero, <laughs> Liverpool three at the Emirates. Um, wow, 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 wow! Mm. What an evening. Um, I think a good place to start. I'm not shocked, and I think something that we were just discussing is like this. This doesn't feel like a kind of um, oh my god, I didn't see this performance coming. Because and if you listen to our preview podcast, I we both predicted. Oh, you predicted a draw. I predicted a win. But I think we both predicted a performance. Like we both felt as though we were going to come out and like in some way match up to Liverpool. But I think this type of performance, like we shouldn't be surprised. And I'm not. Like what the you know when we started putting those first kind of patterns of play together that first sort of 10-15 minutes the kind of scrap the sort of scrappy nature of the game and then Liverpool started to pin us back you knew where the game was going it was oh yeah it was, it was pre-Christmas it was that we was where we were to hold on for as long as we did it was uh, like you just struggle to find the superlatives to like actually describe yesterday other than disappointing and embarrassing and mm. I think, you know, this performance, if if any, you know, and I think we say this a lot because this happens a lot, but I think that that's important to note is this performance is endemic of the issue. Yeah. That, look, and I, I um, read the game tweeted out about whether, um, before we get into the game, and I, that I thought was a really interesting topic of the conversation about whether if we get knocked out of the Europa League by Slavia Prague, should Arteta be sacked? And I th- I, um, on that question, I think it depends why. And I tweeted him as such. If it's because we are tactically outclassed, then it has to become a conversation. But if it's because, like we've seen time and time again, players letting him down, players not performing to the levels required. You know, we've got a goal scorer in Aubameyang who scored 22 league goals in his first two season, full seasons in the Premier League and 13 goals in 10 Premier League games in his first six months. Like... His level of performance, and again, he was another one last night that for so long has just gone missing. Just is, like, 
isn't there. And I think if that's the reason we get knocked out of the Europa League, then it, I, I, I feel like it's harsh to to be like, oh, you know, let's let's get rid of a manager because we've seen these issues. You know, we saw it in the last two seasons with Wenger from 2016 to 2018, playing staff, constantly letting him down, getting battered 6-0 in his 1,000th game. You know, and, and moments like that. We saw this in Baku under Emery when the players where every single player other than Alex fucking Iwobi down pretty much just down tools and gave up after like two goals and we're seeing it now like there are the same issues of players that just are not good enough and do not yeah. work hard enough and do not try hard enough and I think it's and, it, it, it's a it's a cultural thing it's a it's yeah. a culture that's been allowed to rot and a culture that has permeated every part of Arsenal like every part of it and it has to change. And, you know... Whether Mikel's the person to do that, who who knows? Because I think it also depends as to what's happening around us. But at least there he's trying to change it. Exactly. But there was a big conversation when we sacked Emery about, obviously, the fact that... Now, I never wanted Jose Mourinho. I will never want Jose Mourinho to be manager of Arsenal. But there was a big conversation to be had when Spurs were looking to sack Poch and we were, as Arsenal fans, crying out for Emery to go that whoever did it first had first pick of managers around, basically. And Spurs did it first um, and they they got rid of their manager and they had Jose Mourinho within 24 hours. Now, I wouldn't want Jose Mourinho, but you've just got to look at that situation coming up again. Spurs are likely to hit a turgid run of form with, with Jose again. It's It's going to happen. There will be another meltdown. And if he goes... And this form carries on and it becomes, you know, because there are problems with Arteta tactically at the moment. We need to be maybe a bit. We talk about being brutal about the playing staff. We need to maybe start having a conversation about being brutal about the managing staff in that if Nagelsmann's available and Spurs look like they're going to sack Jose and we're still really not happy with the way that we're moving forward. It has to become part of a conversation. No matter no matter what happens, whether and I I wouldn't the thing is is I wouldn't even blame I wouldn't even put a hundred percent of the or even I'd put probably fifty percent of the blame on Arteta for him getting sacked because I think he's it's like it's like asking somebody to win the Indy five hundred in a Fiat Punto with three wheels like he's already yeah. got the deck stacked against him but I I this no matter who is in charge whether it's Arteta whether it's Nagelsmann or whether it's fucking Freddie Lundberg there needs to be a massive rebuild there needs to be six or seven players out of the door and much much bigger investment than we've traditionally seen from Arsenal in through the door 100% of course and I think it's really difficult with with all of our issues because you don't know how far back to go with them. You you could literally yeah. trace a you could trace a narrative from the moment Patrick Vieira finished uh, put that penalty away in the two thousand five FA Cup final. You could you got from there. You could go well. What happened there was we let da, 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 and you could go that we let this player go, then that player go, then we should, then we mismanaged this situation, then that situation. Blah 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 blah. Of course you are because we're not as successful as we used to be. The point is right now. It's these problems that we're seeing, the reason, which we'll get into all of all of the problems that we'll discuss in this podcast, right? The reason we're even here is the same issues have been allowed in recent history because problems change. You know, Wenger's um, kind of, what's the word? Stubbornness isn't a problem anymore. That goes. But the kind of underlying and um, uh, underlying culture remains because, you know, the playing staff, and I think it's funny because you know you mentioned the the the, the, the thousandth thousandth game, and I go well, none of the players were there, so you know you, you can't chat about that. But you go okay, but then the players next season, maybe one or two, maybe Jack was there, I don't know. But next season, this you know you get new players in through the door, and they're greeted by the same culture. Then you get the next season, and then new players are through the door, and they're greeted by the same culture, and the culture remains. The culture is set by these players who've been there a long time, who've been there and understood and, and, and understand what the levels are at Arsenal. And they're not good enough. They're simply not good enough. And I think, you know, why did we lose to Liverpool last night is something we'll get into. But where we are as a club, like, I don't have the answers. I really don't have the answers and it's 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 hard. And I think, you know, to come back to what we said, when a team misses Xhaka and Louise, you're going, 
fucking hell, we're in a we're in a real bind. And it's not. I think the reason I bring up the kind of the it's not shocking is as much as I felt we were on a good run of form, I felt we could get result. This is a Liverpool team that aren't at full strength. We're able. We 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 are capable of putting together a good performance. But and it's something that a uh, Gunner blog James uh, James McNicholas says. If you're a team who goes from, you know, playing amazing football, you know, putting together a performance like we did at Chelsea and then coming out and, you know, having brain dead moments like we do against, you know, the early kickoffs against Villa and and Leicester and and Burnley, right? If you're you're a team that veers like that because of this instability in the culture, because of this thing that Arteta is trying to change, if you're someone who can go from half an hour of the worst, some of the worst football I've ever seen to coming back against 3-3 against West Ham, you know where you're going to end up? In the middle. Yeah. Oh That's where you'll end up. This, so, the thing is, is this yeah. is this is the level of us. This is our current level. Yeah. That's and where we are. As much as That's we, why it's I not think, a shock. It's not a shock. Exactly. Exactly. And I think you've mentioned this before, in that obviously correlation and causation are two very different things. But I am unsurprised that when we started signing players like Xhaka, like Mustafi and under other players of that ilk, Lucas Perez, these types of players moving forward, we slipped from finishing top four for 20, I think it was either 20 or 22 seasons in a row, right? We yep. slipped from that to not being able to get back in the top four since. That like, and as much as you can have the argument of correlation equals co- isn't causation, there is one constant. The, we had issues in the last few years under Wenger and we had issues under Emery and we're having issues now. And the, the, own, the, the literal only constant during that entire time has been the playing staff. It and is the, the only constant. And the culture. Uh, well, and yes, the culture. Because you look, the entire um, executive structure has changed not only once, but twice. We went from an Ivan Gazidis era to um, a Raul Sanyehi with um, Sven Mislintat and other people kind of era. And then we went from that to what we have now. And, you know, we went from Wenger to Emery to Arteta. The literal only constant has been these players and the culture that they have allowed to grow. And that is the issue. And whether, whether or not your opinions on Arteta are whatever... We will never progress until we get rid of these players. And I would honestly prefer right now, because if you look at the track record of signings so far from Arteta, let me just get them up, like, exactly. So we can, we can like, one by one look. But if you look at the track record of players that have been currently brought in, they're our best players. That, like... Well, listen. Tra- who, who all arrivals, hold- all arrivals. Thomas Partey, Gabriel, uh, Erdegaard, Pablo Mari has been a decent signing for the six million euros it cost mm. us. Cedric Suarez on a free transfer has been a decent signing, um, and you know, and much and, maligned those last two, and you know, and yeah. that have been proved right. Yeah, so you're talking about so we've got Cedric, we've got Partey, we've got Pablo Mari, we've got Erdegaard, we've got Gabriel, we've got. The only the only one there's two there's two there's two that currently don't have a, a decent enough kind of record for me and that's Willian and that's Runison. Um, Willian is you know it was a free transfer. Willian has underperformed. He himself has dropped so far off of his metrics that as much blame needs to be put on Willian for his issues as the management. Yeah. and you look at just to jump in quickly and you look at his statistics before he joined. It was a smart. It was his deal. best season in it Chelsea. Was, it, it was a smart it was his, deal. It was, yep. Chelsea wanted to keep him for two years, for another two yep. seasons. The only reason he signed for us because is because we offered him a third season. So you're looking at eight players, and we've got six of them right. So, hmm. I would much rather get rid of this this entire fucking squad. Get rid of ten players and give them the opportunity yep. to rebuild. Because you're currently like you're shooting five, uh, six of eight from the field. Like if this is basketball, you like everyone's feeding you the ball because you're not missing. Like you're go- like yeah. it's going good. Yeah. Like e- everyone is going to hit duds. But the Wenger easy... hit duds. Yeah. 
Ferguson um, signed, I can't remember who it was. Um, oh, God. Is it Bebe? Was it Bebe? Bebe, yeah. Or something? Gem- and like the and other, and stuff. Yeah, like all of these players. Yeah, Everyone hits duds. But we're currently six of eight. I'd, like, I, w- I just think that we, like, as we need to, as Arsenal fans, stick together, get through to the end of this season, and hopefully the Cronkies back this structure enough yep. financially and with enough reins to just say, all right, Xhaka, go to Freiburg for 10 million euros. Yeah. Like, we will cover the cost that we need to get your replacement in. It doesn't mm. matter what we get for you financially. Then we can see yeah. real change. And the easy option is always to sack the manager. But I think, you know, as we've we've just outlined and we'll get into, Mikel needs to take some responsibility. He came out at the end of the game and took full responsibility. But I think, as we've said quite a few times on this pod, until we change the play, until we change that core of playing staff, until you know your holdings. I, I appreciate she's got a new contract, but that could be asset management. Who knows? Until your holdings are out the door, until your you know your your Abamyangs, your Pepe's, your Lacazettes, your um, your Ceballos's. I understand some of these decisions were made by Arteta. I do understand that, but equally, you have to keep a group together, and you can't just. It's not FIFA career mode. You have to keep a keep a playing staff going mm. until we get that core group, the Luises, your Jackers, those guys out the door and get a fresh start. We can't move on. And, and but we should say Arteta needs to take some responsibility. And let's let's start talking oh, about the game. Let's start yeah. talking about the game because he does. So it was Mikel's fiftieth Arsenal game. Um, it was the first time Alba, Laka and Pepe have started together since the FA Cup. And I was, I have to say, in terms of the lineup, no Smithrow, no Saka. I thought, okay, um, it's an attacking lineup. I thought that looks like a counter-attacking lineup to me. Um, I thought, you know, Laka, um, it's a strange one to put Laka in the middle, but, you know, maybe he's the kind of wall pass guy, the kind of guy you, you play around in the middle. I would put Odegaard there, but I thought, okay, we've got space on the wings. We can try and exploit that Pepe tucking in. And I think you you touched on it in the, in the beginning. It's this tactical inflexibility because when Liverpool started, what they did is they immediately... The, the thing we did against Spurs in the game, uh, the game at home, which I praised wildly on the podcast, was we were winning the second duels, we were penning them back, we were winning the ball high up the pitch, we were pushing our fullbacks forward, we were making sure that Spurs didn't get out of their own half. And that's what Liverpool did to us. That's, that's immediately yeah. what they started doing to us. And it completely cut off our build-up. Um, I think there's a stat that against West Ham, Erdegaard had something like 76 passes. In this game, he had 32 this they cut us off they completely cut us off and i think you're right in terms of the the the, the tactical flexibility um i wish we'd seen some kind of change and we you know we mm. did okay el Nenny came on the second half but earlier on you know what were we what were we trying uh, you know abamyang sat there at left back and that's fine but he's not you know, we need him further up the pitch. We need some kind of different option there because it, there was a sort of, you know, scrappy opening 10, 15 minutes and then Liverpool just held us back and mm. we were there till the half-time whistle. Aubameyang's also lazy. Mm. Doesn't track back quick enough. Doesn't press his man quick enough. You know, there were so many times when you you heard Mikel and like you hear him shout from the sidelines, shout at Pepe, shout at Laka, shout at Alba to... to to chase, to press, to do all these things, and they're not doing them. Yeah. And if they're not doing them, go. Yeah, what can you do? Like, uh, or don't it gets them. to a point. Just stick yeah, Martinelli just, on just or something. Yeah, stick Martinelli on, and Change you're something. looking at it's. It's just not. There are things just not happening quick enough, and certain players need to take a long, long, hard look at themselves because they it's just not good it really just isn't good enough and when Ceballos had the absolute stinker yeah. that he had last night and he's still got a better who scored rating than Aubameyang that's an issue yeah that's well, such a big issue I want to come on to Ceballos now and kind of highlight him for a second because I think so Liverpool did very well they pushed us back they pinned us back um Fabinho was doing an incredible job of just just hoovering everything up, um, and Thiago was again, I think, you know, massively underrated in terms of how he was dictating play. Uh, we weren't able to get out of our own half. We weren't tight enough to them. The only person who who I felt was kind of 
trying to win those duels and trying to not let them turn because they'd receive the ball on the half turn and party's there. He clatters them. Someone or he or he gets out from them or he you know he's got the technical security to get out from them. But Ceballos, he kind of summed up everything that was wrong for me. Not only in his own game, he's such. I mean, we talk about him a headless chicken. Call him whatever. He's a he's a ball watcher, and he's a, and he gravitates to the ball. He's constantly he's chasing the ball all the time. And I don't know whether it's out of trying to impress or whatever it is, but he needs to sit there as a solid, uh, with with some solidity. Something that you know, Granite Xhaka doesn't have the um, the the agility and the kind of the the physical um, you know sprint speed or whatever. But what he lacks in that you know kind of maybe because because he doesn't have that he sits there and he and he, you know where he is he's got that structure he's got that stability and he's got that strength as well Sabios is bullied off the ball how many times was did Sabios lose the ball i think it was a stat that leno and Sabios between them lost the ball like 20 times in the first half and i know leno kicks it long whatever um Sabios pass accuracy 78% this guy, he and, and gravitating towards the ball, leaves space in behind you. It was one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen from Ceballos. And I don't want to be too superlative and say, you know, one of the worst midfield performances of Arsenal's history or whatever. But I really can't remember in recent history a player who just offers you nothing. Absolutely nothing. And Kim Kallstrom offered more because he didn't play. But mate, if you're a player... And your your Alba's superpower, right? I'm so annoyed. Alba's superpower, okay, is being get, making ch- getting chances, being in the right position for chances, right? He doesn't always finish them, but that's his superpower. Alba will yeah. get you chances in most games, okay? So Bios, his superpower is his technical security. He can hold on to a ball. He can wriggle out of spaces. He's not got physicality. He's not got um he's not, got, he's not got he's not got a passing range, he's not got a goal in him, he's not got an assist in him, he's not particularly great at threading balls against any kind of decent opposition, he's not got um uh kind of positional security. So then when you're losing the ball, I'm genuinely going, get Mikel on, get fucking Steve Round on. Like what what are you doing? Seriously, what are you doing? Yeah. Like when you yeah. when you're only when your only thing you can do, you're not doing, you literally offer us nothing. And I'm and I'm Sorry to speak in those terms and get so kind of fired up about it, but like, it pisses me off. How, how the tables have turned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Brad's the calm one. But the, the, it just, I just watched him no, and I go, I agree. what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like you say, there was a, uh, something that encapsulates that perfectly and his just absolute idiocy in chasing the ball is, there's a moment I remember where he's pretty much side by side with Aubameyang on that left-hand side and he's chased the ball up and then he receives the ball and dribbles it inwards and then loses it. And you just go, well, what was the fucking point? And he he is a, he is honestly a worse version of Gwenduzi. Like, what Gwenduzi was the point? Gwenduzi has some drive and some physicality about him. What was, a, what was honest? And I understand about rifts within... And this is something that I think is going to be or could be a nail in the coffin of Mikel's tenure. I know there's rifts. I know there's issues. I don't give a fuck. It's your job to sort them out so that you can play our best players. Why are we paying Real Madrid to borrow their shite player and then sending one of our own players, our younger players, who is... Very talented. He's captaining the um, France under-21s. He scored for them uh, during the international break. He's played brilliantly for Hertha Berlin so far. Why are we not playing him? Why have we loaned him out? Now, and obviously, it's because there are rifts and issues. I don't care. We're ninth. The lowest we can drop, which is good, is 10th. You know, it's good that we can, we, we're not going to drop back down to fucking 12th and 13th and be pulled back into that. But I honestly, and it's it's the reason that I genuinely am just starting to get frustrated with with a lot. Is that, uh, like, he, Mikel is paid a wage to win football matches. He is not paid a wage to be, to be a principled man who lives by a creed and... 
and all of he's paid to manage our no, club but... in the best way possible to win football matches. But you have to set you standards do not... to do that long. No, but there is a yes, but but he is accepting a lower standard of play and saying that this is acceptable. This is the issue with nah. the with this is nah, partly nah, nah, the nah. issue with the culture. He is accepting Sabios's standards and playing him and loaning out. And obviously, look, this is taking out of context. The, the whole big issue and, and fraction between Guendouzi and the club. I'm just saying the fact that that wasn't even, that that doesn't seem to have, have been sorted even now, that there seems to have been no effort to sort it. We don't know. We don't know. Listen, you know, look, the, the I understand what you mean. And, and pers- from my perspective, of course, I would have preferred to keep Guendouzi. Listen to what I just said about Sabahs. He's wank. The point being... Unfortunately, sometimes the kind of long-term culture of the club, if we if we want the culture to change, if we want people to take accountability, if we want a culture where someone, you know, who's going to go in at the at, at, at half time and go, boys, fucking wake up. Who's going to do that? It's going to be someone like a Tierney and it's going to be someone like a Gwenduzi. So we want that, but we also don't want Gwenduzi to down tools or fuck around in Dubai or whatever he wants. If we if we want that, we have to kind of polish this diamond. And I and I think sending him away and getting him out protects that asset and protects that value because Arteta is not going to trust him in, in these types of games. He's just not going to. And to be honest, Brad, okay, neither but- would I. So the point being, if you want a long, long, long-term culture, football-wise, if Gwendouzi went out and just gave a 8 out of 10 Guendouzi performance, of course he's going to be better than Ceballos. But you have to look after and protect the long-term culture of the club. And you can't accept kids, like as much but as he's like not... two years younger than us, you can't accept kids fucking around. And you're... like, you know... You're not protecting the long-term culture of a club in playing somebody who puts in performances of this level and constantly... This isn't but new that's from Ceballos. That's Ceballos' is... no, fault. But, but exa- exactly. He's better than Exactly. That. But yeah, uh, okay. Not much, but he is better than what he get, gave last night. Again, we've had this conversation before about um, a, a while ago. I, I can't remember who about. It gets to a point where once you know what something does, if you decide to use that something or play that something, it is your fault and responsibility when that thing happens. We know Sabios doesn't offer us anything. Of course. Yet we but... have persisted and played with him. And Sabios is leaving at the end of the season anyway, right? Hindsight's Ceballos 2020. Sabios is going. Hindsight's 2020. But we say hindsight's 2020. We had him last season. But, but Brad, in Project Restart, Sabios was fine. He was genuinely fine. And Gwendouzi should have gone out on loan because of his attitude and of the clear disciplinary issues that he has, right? We made that decision last year. We're not going to recall him. We need to stick him out on loan. That, we've made our decision. In the same way that Saliba, like it or lump it, of course, I'm not sat here going, Saliba wouldn't have done a better job than holding last night. Of course he would. I want Saliba to be there. But when you make a decision in July... August or September or whatever it was for for Gwendouzi and then for um for 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 Saliba in January if he's not getting game time if he's not going to play just send him out and I understand the the, the but feeling we are allowed to criticize we're not we we can say hindsight of course you're allowed to criticize I'm just because we you. are no 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 because we are fans we are not professionals within the game right we can use the excuse for ourselves if we make mistakes like this and say well hindsight's twenty twenty the people that run this club and Mikel Arteta are once a high-level af- athlete, a professional footballer who's then transitioned into coaching and has worked under some of the best managers in the world, right, should know better, should should be able to see more and know more. So saying hindsight's twenty twenty for somebody who's working at the top level of the game, I just don't see as a as a kind of acceptable excuse okay, because but, but hindsight the... should not be 2020 for people whose literal job it is to know what, like to, to see this and to see that Saliba is better than holding I understand that but they're that... not psychics Brad they're not like sort of mystic Megs with their crystal balls going oh yes Sabahis no, is going to but... is going to drop a zero out of ten at Liverpool in April when you make no, but a decision dro- like Sabahis has been dropping zeros out of ten since August but he was that's revisionist he was fun. in Project Restart he was okay but his project restart is in August. Okay, oh, actually, you know, it is no. Project it li- restart literally is, was quite literally o- was October. Then October. Then okay. Before fine. we resigned, like, regardless, we needed central midfield cover. Like right back in back in the summer, it was the correct decision to send Gwendouzi out. Okay, 
I'm not defending Sabalas' position. I'm not defending the, the performance he put in. I'm not saying Guendouzi wouldn't have done a better job. I think he probably would, right? What I am saying is we made a decision last summer and unfortunately these are the consequences. Now we can go back and, and go, right, last summer, but then that's hindsight because we're going with the information we know now, we wouldn't have made that decision. But at the time... That's the that's the information Arteta had. So, and for me, I'm going to stick with another guy for another year on loan who's just done well in Project Restart versus a guy who's got disciplinary issues. I'm just going to do that. Okay, Torreira then. Torreira then. We've sent Torreira out on loan to not play at Madrid to bring just, in a guy who's offered we're just us do nothing. This then all day, Torreira. Yeah. Who's next? But, but is in like fucking who, who else? Miguel Aziz, <laughs> Kleb. Fucking get Mikel on for Christ's sake! But do, well, do, do, I, do you understand what I'm tr- what I'm trying to say? No, no, no. Like it gets to a point where if we are sending our assets that we actually own out, and the art you can, and I, this is why I say if you with Gwendozi, you have to take out the caveat of disciplinary issues, which you can't do because this is like he's not literally a god. Like he can't remove things from existence. I'm aware of this. But when you're talking about other assets that we own and we're making the decision to bring like Sabios was OK in Project Restart. OK is not great. OK is not even about like good. OK, it's like middle of the ground. So why have we brought him in for another season and sent an asset out on loan to, to play elsewhere? And we can say, well, we didn't know Torreira wasn't going to play. up, But for me... I just don't see the point when we own players to bring somebody else in who hasn't been, who hasn't. I'd understand, right? Erdegaard has come in and been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal, right? So if we brought him in on loan again next season and sent um, Smith Rowe out on loan, you, you make an argument for it. You go, well, Erdegaard has been absolutely brilliant. We can get Smith Rowe some first team football elsewhere. Fair enough. Sabios has never hit a height. Never. When, name me one phenomenal Sabios performance where he has bossed the park like fucking Cesc Fabregas when he came on the scene. He hasn't done it. But hindsight's, so 20, hindsight's 2020. Point? Hindsight's 2020. Um, okay. Arsenal have now gone 13 games without a clean sheet in all competitions. Back Arsenal's... to the game. <laughs> Fuck it <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Yeah. Went a bit off. That's the biggest tangent we've ever been on. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Sabios, man. Fucking yep. fuck's sake. That's my blood boiling. Arsenal's XG total this evening, 0.09, is their lowest is their lowest since our records began. This is the XG philosophy. <sighs> our records began in 2014. 14. 12 losses in the league. I think it's the first time we've ever had that. Um, okay, back to the game then. <laughs> uh, we were sat in a low block, Liverpool were on top, but I thought we were doing, and again... I don't want to revise history. I thought at halftime, you know, we weren't getting out. We weren't counterattacking. All the things that we've said for that first half, Sabahis was dropping a stinker. But I thought, do you know what? For a team that are definitely superior to us in terms of talent, we're doing okay. You know, we didn't have any chances, we kept them, but I thought we kept them at bay. Yeah, and I think I think their XG at halftime was something like 0.29. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, yeah, something yeah. around that. So... We we were at least limiting them to low quality opportunities. Exactly, exactly. Um, concern at the end of the first half with uh, Tierney. Mm. Um, I'm going to pull out a whole um, Bradley Adams hindsight point here, but are we now ruining not signing a backup left back? Who knows? Depends how long Tierney's out for. Depends um, if he's even out. He walked off. Yeah, so that's it, a positive sign. It felt to me like a bit of a precautionary thing. Like he, um, there was I think a... we knew that we were going to lose. Like I think, that, like we'd yeah. accepted that. You could well, see that in yeah. a lot of the way that we were playing in, in a lot of things. So also, Tini was knackered. You could see it. You yeah, see was knackered, like so. it, I don't think it's the. I don't think it's bringing him off, even if it turns out to be nothing and just a dead leg. It is better than if it is a slight niggle, and we need to. Little bit niggle. Protect <laughs> little niggle. Uh, to move forward. Yeah. So, I, 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 yes, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I mean, everyone <laughs> fucking knew that we we should have. But as in, like everyone knew. Like I don't even think that hindsight is the issue. 
Everyone no, knew we should have brought we, in we, the, the left-back cover. We should have signed left-back cover. But like, reg- it, was, it was stupid not to, you know? When you're talking about there were players with six months left on their deal, and if you just went, well, can we loan him for the six months and we'll pay you mm. for it? Like, it's... It just makes no sense. Why are we? And I understand sending Kalazanek on out on loan to get rid of a cultural issue, but then we, we, we've got no one. Like Cedric isn't a left back. We shouldn't have given Gallas the captaincy either. Um, no. So the <laughs> no. Who else? Who else? Why did we get Ben Ayun in? <laughs> just go. Like... We could just sit here all day. Nicholas Bentner. I knew we should have brought him on for that first touch for that header. I knew it. Um... So, uh, linear timelines. Don't, don't you ever, ever disrespect the Lord again. Sorry. Don't sorry. you ever disrespect Lord Bentner again. Nicholas, Nicholas, wherever you are, I'm sure you're in your golden, wherever you golden plated in. house. Me and Brad are both looking up to the skies. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> also, Liverpool, uh, another thing oh. they were doing, which again was harming us, was pressing Leno's right foot. Uh, I noticed, and he was constantly kicking it out of play and kicking it, well, not out of play, but, you know, basically forcing turnovers. Um, that we weren't playing out from the back from goal kicks. We were kicking it along to Chambers on that right-hand side, which, and again, when you're not up for it, when you're not winning the second balls, something else as well, you know, it's really hard because you're going, well, the international break, well, you know, da, 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 da. and it's like, well, Liverpool were on that international break as well. It's like, I, I think... It's so hard to know where to apportion the kind of responsibility for this. But if we're going to apportion it anywhere, our £175 million worth of talent up front Frontline, yeah. um, might have done more. Uh, second half, we came out with a bit more immediacy. We were, winning the, we were winning the second balls. It kind of reminded me of quite a few games of ours this season where we just kind of... Clearly, there's been a raucous up the arse. Haranguing. Yeah, haranguing um, in, the, in, the, in the dressing room. Um, I thought Gabriel was doing quite well at points. He snuffed out two attacks quite well. Um, <clears throat> I think his passing was kind of um, a bit shoddy. And obviously that led to the third goal, which we'll get onto. But um, yeah, Gabriel was kind of um, at times felt um, dominant. And I think, you know, without Louise next to him, he kind of feels like the guy who steps up a little bit. We've got to remember this guy's only 22. Um, mm. And I think I saw someone last night say something like, Gabriel... Um, Oh, what's he fucking? It was so. It was. He compared him to like Squalatri and Sylvestra, and like in like, yeah. And I was like, that's gonna. I'll find it. That's gonna he... age. That is gonna age horribly. That is gonna age horribly because Gabriel has all of the trappings of a, a top class centre back, and actually, when he's in a team that can that can hold its own and has two decent players in front of him rather than party in a sort of deranged orphan in Danny Ceballos. Um, don't know why I went for that insult. Yeah, he says he's the most Arsenal centre back ever. Paulista, Squilacci, Socrates, Gabriel, weak shite. Firstly, Paulista's gone to. Paulista was it, fine. No, but is he also is it Villarreal or somewhere he's gone to and been perfectly fine? He's actually performed better than most of our yeah. centre backs have for yeah. the last four seasons. He just caught like, Arsenal. And this is the reason. Like this, this is honestly the reason that I I hate certain sections of our fan base. Because there is a difference between being like, there's such entitlement. There is such, and I, like, it's the same with United fans. It's the same with Liverpool fans. It's the same with Chelsea fans. I don't think that this is just an Arsenal issue. But I think that there is more of a, a modern, like in the last kind of six years, we've seen more of it from Arsenal fans. Because, you know, certain people hounded out Wenger to the point where People pushed him at one point when he was getting, was it, did he get pushed at one point? Or like people were pelting him with stuff when he got off a bus, like got mad disrespect. I remember like this, I I remember scenes of just ridiculous disrespect towards our most successful manager ever going, you know, and people saying, I want to win the league. Top four is not good enough. Well, where's top four now? We've been out of it for four seasons. Like I, it was the right time to go when he did. Well, no, to be fair, even then wasn't the right time because we brought in fucking Emery for him. But he maybe he should have gone... It should have just been handled differently. And the way that some of our fans have acted, they absolutely deserve the free fall that we're in. Because if you act that entitled and act that disrespectful to a man who built our club in the modern era, you just deserve it. Like you... Do you know what I say, Brad? 
What? Hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight's twenty twenty, baby. Um, no, I completely agree. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. There's a, there is a certain fact, sections of the fan base that you kind of go. Unless we, we unless we were like winning the quadruple, you wouldn't be happy. <laughs> like, surely you see yeah. the green shoots. Um, yeah, unless and it, it, like people. Are, the thing is, is I understand people always want more. People are never happy. That's just the human condition. I always want to be better. Or is it capitalism, more, Brad? Is it capitalism? Who the fuck knows? Not the right Who podcast. Who the fuck knows, Sorry, Alex? Not the but, right podcast. Um, but there has to come a point where you understand your level. And the reason that we're at this level is because we're just, we've been making the wrong decisions. And we had a man who papered over the cracks for fucking 15 years, for Christ's sake. Because hindsight's 2020. <laughs> if you weren't going to say it. Um, we had commitment issues and uh, Ollie Ball might have fixed I can fix that for <laughs> Ollie Ball might have fixed that for us. It's Ollie Ball here. Um, we just, we just, oh, I love that kid so much. Um, yeah, the uh, so Ollie Ball is the talent. Ollie Ball is the talent, but the other kid, he is the brains of that operation. I, I'm telling you now, Ollie Ball. It, it's sort of like it's like the Henri and Burkamp. Like Ollie yeah. Ball is the Henri. He'll get all the credit, but Burkamp is the Jacob kid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> proper ding dang do, <laughs> ding dang do. Corey's on tonight. Um, no, we had commitment issues in that we just weren't committing anyone forward, um, and we weren't committing into any tackles. We weren't committing any. Oh. Uh, we weren't even trying to foul them. We weren't committing into the. Uh, we weren't letting them. We were letting them turn. I just thought commitment issues. Ollie Ball would have better been better as centre mid than to us. Um, just coming on to quickly. Don't... My nan's just had heart surgery. She'd have been better at centre midfield. Oh, okay. she would because she can't move. She can't move. <laughs> She'd have stood there, walked around in a circle for for forty five <laughs> minutes, and it still would have been more effective. <laughs> she's gonna move on. Um... <laughs> Um, don't tangent loads about this. Um, Abamyang, when do we worry? Six months ago. Like, do you know why? <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Um, yeah, I think there's a real, real discussion around Abamyang. You like, put it well. You put it well on Twitter that we're we're so used to giving people contracts for what they did in football rather than what they're gonna do. That's actually not He's me. Old. That was Yankee Gunner. But yeah, basically he said, uh, yeah. He, he said, like, we, we, we so often, like, we, like, and it's difficult because you don't know how, again, <laughs> it's 2020, you don't know, that must be, what, five times? You need, like, a little fucking bell. Oh, not bell, five times. They, 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 we've, said that, we've said that phrase about 17 times in the last eight and a half minutes. So there's many times. Uh, do you know what? Uh, when, you, um, when, you, when you release this, I will count and I will okay. send you how many? a little counter. Okay. Um... But yeah, the it's difficult to know where a player is going to go from where they are, right? But we so often, um, and Yankee Gunner on the Austin Vision podcast makes this point, we we so often give players contracts for what they've done rather than what they look like they're about to do. So like Saka, that's a contract for what it looks like he's about to do, right? That's a really good thing. And I'm not saying we don't do that. And we'll probably give Smith Rowe one. Great. But we also give them to Aubameyang and Willian and Louise. And when you do that, you're giving players a kind of a tacit, um, hey, here we are. What you've done so far is enough to earn you the next few years of your of your livelihood. It's these people's jobs. If you've got a big bump, a new contract and you're 30 something, what do you care? You know, Arsenal, you know, Arsenal are going to win the league. So what, you know, why do you need to run that extra bit? Of, it's like the Liverpool players, like. I think there was definitely an opportunity last night because if you're 28 year old Mohamed Salah, why do you need to stretch that a little bit further and risk injury before a massive Champions League game? You don't, but the quality is there, and we should get onto that. Um, I think it, yeah, it's also mentality, isn't it? I think yeah, that club have run so far for so long that that there's no surprise that you've got people's hamstrings snapping and you know people going down injured for a long, long time. That's why Jota and, looks good. Yeah, he's fresh. And, he, and it, for me, talking about Liverpool, it's probably time to move on from the Mohamed Salah era or or the Firmino era up front and and start a rebuild. But 
they don't feel like that because they haven't, you know, Liverpool have been very unlucky in the last few years. They got what, 90, was it 98 points and didn't win the league? Yeah. Or something, you know? And I think because they feel like for the, for the dominance they've had and the six and the, the success doesn't match it. So they mm-hmm. still are running. They are still going for it. Yeah. Which is a testament one to Klopp and how fucking good he is at getting his players up for a match. And two to the elite mentality of some of those players. Mm, for sure. That winning a Premier League and a Champions League isn't enough for the level of dominance. Yeah. So they're pushing they were pushing for another Premier League this season. But, but I think also like and it, to come to the goals to kind of finish off our game analysis forty five minutes into the podcast, I think like there's a there's a real sense from me that like we could have gone out there tonight and we could have dominated possession we could have pushed Liverpool back we could have had a great performance we could have we could have been completely on top say Saka and Smith Rowe fit we have a great game whatever 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 it kind of at the end of the day doesn't really matter because they have better players than us Mm, and it's not to say that we couldn't win games but when you watch a ball like the ball from Trent when you see Salah skin Gabriel when you watch Jota and nutmeg, nutmeg, and nutmeg, Leno. Leno. And you know what? If we gone up the other end and Alba had a great chance, they've, they've got Allison in goal. Like, ju- at what point do you go? Do you know what? These are just better players than us. And th- I think the the more frustrating frustrating part is the performance. Just to quickly run it's, through, it's the through the goals. Of the defi- it is the manner of the defeat, isn't it? I don't care about losing to Liverpool. Liverpool are the fucking champions of the country. They won the Champions League two seasons ago, and Mohamed Salah is arguably one of one of if not the best winger to play in the premier league like he's like they, they are sensational yep. i don't care that we lost to them i care how he got to he's got... not what you said it's how you said it no but 150 premier league appearances yeah. he's scored more than Henri in that like you can't uh, these are these are players that will be looked back on in the same they'll he's be a mercurial phenomenal talent yeah they'll be in the same right. conversations as your you know your Drogba's and your your Henri's and your Rooney's in 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 five ten years time they will be and Aguero's they will be, um, yeah I mean the first goal is just pure quality Rob Holding should do better but I just I, I, poor I, positional play it's poor positional play yeah. because there's no one attacking there's no one attacking the central space there's no need to cover it parties there on the edge of the box. I think um, but, but every- there, there is no need for him to step two steps further forward when he does. And then yep. that's why he has to throw himself backwards. And he's out jumped by, he's been out jumped by five foot seven Sterling and what, five foot nine Jota now? And 12 foot seven Yerry Mina? Where's he? Oh, wait, who was, was it, was it holding on Yerry Mina? I thought it was like Bellerin, who's like four foot four. <laughs> Just get the-, the fish was this big that I caught. <laughs> Every time Brad tells a story, the fish gets bigger. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just a great ball in from Trent. All, all three goals came down the left-hand side. You wonder whether Tierney was on. Who knows? Yeah. Cedric. You also wonder Aubameyang doubling up. Him and Pepe's defensive contribution was tra- tragic. I saw um, Chambers um, just shouting at Pepe. He went, how many times? Which is fair. Um, the second goal, pure quality. You can't carry. You can't carry both of them in the team. You can't. No. no. Um, second goal, quality. You know, Gabriel. He can't bring him down in the box. Nut makes the keeper. Great goal. And the third one again. Jota's just. He's fresh. He's not been on this kind of two, three year, four year. You know, Klopp project. Rampage. He's he's fresh in this season. He's coming off an injury, and of course he's going to be. You know, doesn't I thought this when he was coming on? Doesn't Jota look like that kid? who like has those like 99 curve um school shoes and who's like a couple of years below you at school but you just know is good at football. He looks like the kid who, at school who was good at football. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like he, that like when you were in like year 11, he was the year 9 that who just used, ripped he used it up. to let play with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was so he was, good. And he was he's always called Kieran or Josh or something. Yeah. Um, not... But yeah, no, listen. And then the game ended and I didn't speak for about half an hour. Um, I had a bath. I needed to relax. There you go, listeners. That's that's your that's your image of the evening. Um, okay, I I don't, I don't really have anything else to say on the game, mate. It it just it happened, and yeah, again, as I happened, said, we lost. It's not a surprise. We know where we are. We know what the problems are. These these aren't fresh 
fresh issues. It's not like, oh my God, I've just realized that Thomas Partey can't progress the ball. He can. He can do that. Oh my God. I've I've just just... realized that Bernd Leno can't like save a football. Yeah, like it's the same. Can't pass a ball. Like his and his distribution. I don't know if it's getting worse. I don't know what it is. The thing with Leno is, you know, he makes he makes a couple of saves every game that are pretty decent. So you kind of go, oh, Leno's had a good game. But he's conceded in 12 consecutive games now and could probably do better on, I'd say, two out and of three some goals. Of the goal, some of the, yeah, some of the goals he's conceded are... Len, Leno's the least of my worries. I think we could get back into the top four if we built around, if we had a decent enough team and him and goal, but... He is eventually somebody that needs to be replaced, but yep. Anything else on the game, Brad? I to be fair, I, we've highlighted it before. I thought Trent was phenomenal last night. Use your eyes, like, mate. Use your eyes. He's mate, a fa- phenomenal football player. I know, uh, and I think he's had a bit of a torrid time. In like, there's been a lot of injuries. He's had to do a, a bit more defensive work than normal, purely because. They haven't got the cover elsewhere to allow him to be as kind of marauding as he usually is. But I think if anything showed up Gareth Southgate, Southgate for not taking him, it was last night's performance. That was a first time perfectly placed ball. I genuinely just don't think any other right back in world football can currently do that. Unreal. We'll see you after this. News and Welcome back to News and Views, where we give you all the news and all your views, but mostly ours. Just a quick reminder that if you do enjoy these podcasts, you can support us on Patreon and buy me a coffee. Links are in the show description. Uh, Brad. Yeah. It's happened. Nathan Baroda, Nathan Baroda. La 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 la. Nathan Baroda, Nathan Baroda. La 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 la. Hi, guys. Really enjoyed your squad building chat on the pod, but to give you my take, I don't think we need to buy any new fullbacks this summer. For me, the role of the fullback has changed so much that it's basically impossible to describe it as one coherent position. For example, a Lam Cancelo halfback, an Alves Robertson overlapping fullback, and a Walker Aspetoqueta mm. third centre back have so little in common that I think it's basically impossible to quantify them as being in the same position. Therefore, when looking at squad building, in my opinion, you have to have a particular mould of player in mind and work from there. For me, Arteta wants a right-back that is technically proficient enough to come into midfield and support the holding midfielders, in the same vein as Delft and Zinchenko for City. The fact that City won the league with players of that quality shows that we could continue with Chambers and Cedric in that role and focus investment on other parts of the pitch. On the left, I think Tierney is now a player we have to base the team around and he has to play as the fifth, sixth attacker overlapping from the left. He's de- Nathan's coming for our job, mate. Um, he's definitely played too many minutes this year, but I'm really not sure about wasting expenditure slash game space on a player like Bertrand or Van Arnholt when we could promote from within. Promote from within. Having seen some glimpses, it, go- it was going so well. Uh, Nathan just gave a few examples of players he thinks we have, and he finished with, for me, that goes to show the range of players we have across the squad means we don't need to waste our time investing in new fullbacks. All the best, Nathan. Yesterday, during the game, he said, <laughs> he just followed up with the email and said, this is aged badly, but I still defend it, Nathan. <laughs> I, the thing is, is I don't disagree with him. I think it's 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 a very well put, very good take. The only thing that I think, I, I think Chambers has performed decent at right back, and I think Cedric has performed decent at right back. Um, I don't think it would. I don't think it'd be the worst decision in the world to not sign a right back if we. If it all depends on again money, doesn't it, and how much we're going to spend. If there is a finite amount of money and a finite about amount of like wiggle room that we can, there are more important places to invest. I think we do need a backup left back though. Whether that, like he said, was jo- could be Joel Lopez. I've not seen any of him, so I can't comment on whether he's good enough or or whatever. Um, and even if it's, you know, the guy from, I think it was Hibernian that you mentioned or something in the... in the Josh Doig. Yeah, in the episode. Um, so I, I I think, you know, left-back cover, like, and a natural left-footed left-back cover is important. Uh, but I, I, I think he's not far wrong with right-back. I think the only reason you would invest in a right-back is if, like, we, we want 
I, and I still stick by this, I think Mukieli would be a phenomenal option. But I, for example, I wouldn't then go and say buy um, somebody. I'm just trying to think of another random right back, but nothing's coming to my mind other than Aguilar from Monaco, who would also mm. be a decent pickup. But say, for example, if my first choice was Mukieli, and that was and because he played it like Josh, Josh, um, if he played perfectly in that position, um, rather than a you know Joel Lopez or, or whoever. Uh, or the guy you mentioned from Avernian, you know, if it has to be specific. We have, like he says, like Nathan says, sorry, we have to be very, very, very specific about the profile of player that we're, we're trying to get, don't we? And I think yeah. that I'm not going to go out and spend 20 million on a right back that doesn't fit the exact profile that I want. Yeah, I, I think it's a funny one because I do understand what Nathan's saying in that I do get that it's not maybe necessarily a priority. I can't remember where we put it on our squad building thing. I think we put it maybe third or fourth. I think for me, and it's a difficult one because it, again, depends on what Arteta's doing and we can only guess, right? I think what we want ultimately is tactical and technical. We put it fourth. Okay. Ultimately, what we want is tactical and technical flexibility. There are other places on the pitch, specifically a partner for party and a attacking midfield role and a centre forward for me. That and a right centre back. Yeah. yeah that we, I, that I, we I've now changed up. my ways of saying I don't think that's important. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah, yeah. vital. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty, Brad. Um, but the <laughs> <laughs> you wanker. Um, but um, yeah, so um, I think to come to what Nathan said, like I think it's needed. But again, in the same way that we need a goalkeeper who can build up, who can do everything, mm. it's needed again. But in terms of the profile we should be going after, I think what we don't have right now is a. Um, a flying fullback, a, a fullback that is is a um, an excellent option as a kind of um, uh, well, not antidote, antithesis or kind of um, counterweight to Tierney. Right? What we have is someone like Callum Chambers, who you know is decent going forward, but actually works more as a kind of auxiliary centre back. He's homegrown; he's probably going to stay. And we have Cedric who can kind of do both jobs. If, for example, we got rid of Bellerin and um, and Cedric, we're massively needing someone like a Lamptey. We're massively needing someone who can get forward and contribute defensive um, attacking wise, and maybe kind of be covered on the on the uh, defensive wise by party or whoever's on that right hand side. So I I agree that it's not necessarily a um, a priority, but I do think there's a hole there. There's a real hole there um, for oh, yeah. someone who can contribute and be that fifth attacker on that right hand side as an option. Because the point being that we're going to come up against. You've watched City, right? They have who do they have at fullback? Cancelo, Walker, Mendy, Zinchenko, um, all people who do different jobs and do different things. And he even mentions in his email, you know, Walker can drop in as that third centre back. Um, uh, Cancelo can kind of come in and be a, a kind of you know a free roaming guy in the mid in the midfield. We just need different people for different jobs. And at the moment, we have Bellerin, who's a bit of a blunt tool. I don't really know what he does particularly well at the moment. Cedric is kind of all-round game is okay. If you imagine like a, you know, spokes of a wheel, he kind of just comes out a little, you know, a little bit round. Chambers has good physical presence. You know, if we if we don't want to spend that money on Mukiele, he's that kind of guy who couldn't can drop in as that third centre-back. We've seen him do it. But, you know, as much as that performance against West Ham, you need to see more to prove he can do it in an attacking role. But what we do need, just to come back to it and to emphasise, is that someone who can just be a, be a Lamptey, be a... Uh, be an Aaron's, be someone who can get forward and contribute as that final man in the attacking attacking phase. And yeah, and maybe if we are keeping Chambers, then there is not really much of a need for Mukieli, and we need to go for a different profile. But yeah, I don't think I think it's yeah. <laughs> I can't. It's it's yeah. It's hard to disagree. I'm right. I'm right. No, Nathan's right. Nathan's always right. Nathan Barone. Nathan Barone. La, 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 la. We should get. We should really get a. Um, I'm abusing the guy who does the music for um, the news and views. And the Mohammed Anani guy is a friend called Adam, who's one of my best mates and listens to the pod. Hello, Adam. Um, but I'm literally. Oh, I'm like, hi, mate. Um, can I ask for free music <laughs> composed <laughs> to go on a podcast? Uh, I feel like I'm pushing my luck, so maybe not. Um, okay, uh, just one more take. I want to read out before we get. Um, uh, finish the show 
is from Riziki, who has an X in his name and the I, which is very cool. Uh, he says, uh, it's about the take that I said about something Yankee Gunner said a while ago really hit. All too often we give players contracts for what they've done in football rather than what they're about to do. Uh, he said, major problem at the club, rewarding Rob Holding for a purple patch is not good enough for a team trying to compete for the top four. What do you make of that? In hindsight. It depends what that contract is and what that contract means because in the same vein... A lot of people would have complained if it got to the end of the season. He had a year left on his contract and we sold him for five million to West Brom. Rather than now, we can go, well, 15 million because of the contract. So if if it is, again, like we've we've mentioned so so many times before, just asset management, asset protection, fine. I agree, though, if the club have been stupid enough to see him put in four good games or five good games and go let's give him a contract and he could be our first choice right center back next season or whatever then yeah of course it's fucking stupid because even though we've we've picked him up on this podcast because you know he he's had a few very good games this season i don't think we've ever said he should be anything more than third or fourth choice though yeah so i think it it depends on the kind of optics of the situation and i with certain players returning with the players that we're being linked to i do think that his kind of arsenal tenure is a kind of a bit it's it's got a very sh- it's got a much shorter half life than a, a lot of people think mm. i wouldn't mind getting rid of him this summer just like i wouldn't mind keeping him as a fifth choice center back this summer but it would have to be as a fifth choice centre back because yeah. Saliba starts over him. Uh, whoever we bring in should start over him. Mm. Mari and Gabriel should start over him. Mm. So, yeah, and no. and then it gets to a point where if we've got Chambers playing right back, why keep him? Because we can always move Chambers to right centre back and Cedric out to the right. Definitely, so. definitely. Uh, just a couple of bits of news. Uh, just an update on Kieran Tierney. Uh, Arteta said he felt something in his knee. He was in pain, so it looks like he'll be injured but we don't know how long for so i'm hoping it's something small but who knows on david louise possibly he'll be out of the europa league clash yeah on david louise possibly requiring surgery on his knee we don't know there's a few possibilities on that being a little more conservative with the treatment or having to go for a surgery we're talking with the doctors at the moment to make the right decision on that but we will see he could be out for a few weeks at least so and he doesn't know whether louise will play again this season um just to finish the show on a lighter note brad Skodran Mustafi was left out of the Schalke squad yesterday, who are bottom of the Bundesliga for sporting reasons. And some Arsenal fans also, were saying, oh, but Mustafi, he's... F- oh. They are basically the Bundesliga version of Derby when they, when they've, when they were in the Premier League right now. They're, like They are going to be the worst side in Bundesliga history. And Mustafi can't even get in the first 11. That's really, really <laughs> tragic. Really, really tragic. Okay, Bradley. He's still our most expensive. He is still our most expensive defending, like defensive signing. How? How? Uh, okay. Finish your show off with okay. Arsenal trivia. Ar- as we always do. As we always do. Arsenal went a record 49 consecutive top flight league games unbeaten from May 2003 to October 2004, breaking whose previous record of 42 set between November 1977 and November 1978? Do you know, Brad? I think I know the answer to this, Alex. Because I might have just read it out accidentally and then had to cut it. It was Nottingham (laughs) Forest. Well done if you got that right. It was Nottingham Forest who set a previous record of 42 uh, between November 1977 and 78. What do you mean? We normally tell them in the next episode. No, that was the last one. We just haven't done it for ages. We didn't do it last time. No, no, not not in the preview pod and not in the talking points pod. Not in the squad building pod either. We did it. It's we've it's, ne- we've... it's only for the game one. Trust me, we have done it. I Trust me, Bradley. I do In episode um hang on, I'll tell you now. Arsenal went a record forty nine consecutive top flight league games unbeaten from May two thousand three to Oh fuck it, I can't read <laughs> I couldn't read, but there you go. It did happen. Um, it did happen. You're right. As per usual. As per usual, my friend. Wow. Well, uh, and the trivia for next week, or for uh, after the Thursday game, who or which, probably more likely, kit manufacturer 
sponsored Arsenal from 1971 to 1986. Which kit manufacturer sponsored Arsenal from 1971 until 1986? Fucking Sondico, mate. <laughs> it's not Sondico. Brad, a pleasure as always. Oh, the pleasure is always mine, my friend. Even when we disagree. Yeah. Even when you're wrong. <laughs> Even when I'm wrong. <laughs> Uh, right we will see you off the Europa game um, hope this was in some way therapeutic what's for me actually I feel a lot better um, yeah me too so if it's achieved nothing apart from that there you go uh, pleasure thanks guys for listening and we'll see you on Friday peace bye bye thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using if you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com. Find us on Twitter at DiffKnock and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network.